a blessing to be with you this morning, and a blessing to see you all gathered here, whether you're gathered in the worship house or listening outside in the parking lot. I know the Lord is honors, honors the presence of His people gathered together in worship, and I pray that He continue to bless as He already has this morning. Um, I'd like you to turn to Genesis, the first chapter. We're going to read a, a few verses from Genesis, the first chapter, in order to set a foundation for what I'd like to discuss with you this morning. And of course, Genesis, the first chapter, is one of not only probably the most important and well-known facets of the Christian faith, it's also one of the most incredible. Because here we have an incredible, all-powerful being taking nothing or creating the world from nothing. You know, it's hard for us to conceptualize nothing because for us, nothing is just the absence of something else. When we think about nothing, we think, well, it just means that, that nothing's there. But we cannot judge nothing in relation to something else according to this account. There was, no, there, was no, there was no air. There was no particular matter. There was nothing consisting at this time. But God took nothing and He made the world as we know it. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 we read, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good and God divided the light from darkness and called the light day and the darkness He called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. So God is just taking apparent nothing. He's created the earth from nothing. We're told in Job chapter the 26 that the Lord hung the earth upon nothing. He created it through the word of His power. John chapter 1 tells us that He created all things and without Him nothing was made that was made. That tells us that God made all things. All those things were made solely by God. And one of the things God created was light. He spoke light into existence. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And I began thinking about this as I was driving down a lonely, curvy back road by myself. And I was watching my headlights each time I came around the corner. They would light up the road in front of me. And I was thinking about light. I started thinking about this passage of Scripture. How God said, let there be light. And there was, a meet, there was light as we know it. And you see, light, it's peculiar that we see God creating light. And it's peculiar that in the New Testament, we are told that God is light. In 1 John chapter 1, we're told that God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. That is to say, God is good and there is no evil in Him. James chapter 1 tells us that God is the Father of all lights and there is no variableness nor shadow of turning in God. That means to say God is only light. He is only the Father of lights and He will only ever be the Father of light and goodness. Amen. Praise God for that. He will never change in that. Now in science, light, the speed of light does not change. It's hard for us to understand that. It never changes. It only seems to change because our reference point just continually changes and it seems like the speed of light may change, but God is the same way. God is light. He never changes. 
He never fluctuates. The only thing that changes is our perspective and our mental attitude toward God, toward who God is. In the same way, he is scientifically similar to white because he never changes. It's just that oftentimes in our finite and small minds, it often seems like he does. Now, this is all maybe an incredible thing to think about how God created light, how he spoke light into existence, how he created the world the world through the word of his power. But see, he continues on a day-to-day basis to create light, to shine light into darkness. We're told in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, that God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, you see that reference to creation, God speaks light into existence, has shined in our hearts. In other words, he has shined light in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So at a time when all of our hearts were darkness at one point or another, God shines light into our hearts in order to allow us to comprehend the unsearchable riches of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, those, those are all principles which are, which are eternal, which are unchanging, which are important to understand. They're foundational to the Christian faith. It's important to understand creation. It's very important, I believe, to understand that the Lord created the earth from nothing. He spoke into existence by the word of His power. There was not something very small there that derived into the world that was derived into the world as we know it. God did not take something that already pre-existed and cause it to become the world. No, nothing was there. And He created the heaven and the earth and He created light and He created all of creation as we know it in six days. And on the seventh day, He rested. Why? What's the classic question? Was God tired when He rested on the seventh day? No, He was not tired. He was finished. I submit to you today that he set a pattern for us to rest after we are finished. Now, the practical application of God as light is found in Matthew chapter 6. Turn with me there this morning. And in Matthew chapter 6, we have an entire chapter which is basically devoted to, in, in one way or another, to one principle. Do not worry about the things of the world, but focus on the kingdom of God. And in Matthew chapter 6, a lot of things are discussed. One thing that is discussed is almsgiving. That is to say, giving at this time it was giving to the temple. You might think about it in this day and time as giving to the church. We're told when we give, we ought to give discreetly. Not out of desire to let everyone know hey, I just gave money to a worthy cause, but I have to benefit that cause out of a selfless attitude of service. That's contradictory to human nature. We want everyone to know when we've done something great. We want everyone to know when we've given something to another cause. We want everyone to know when we've done something that we think is noteworthy. But Scripture tells us, no, don't do that. Do it discreetly so that you may endeavor to do it out of an attitude of selfless service. We're told to pray to the Lord in Matthew chapter 6. I would say even prayer acts in opposition to the nature of man. We don't like to seek help from anyone. We don't really like to be given advice from anyone when we think we've got it figured out. But we are told to go to the Lord in secret 
and pray earnestly and in sincerity for His help and assistance in our lives. We're told to fast in Matthew chapter 6. I don't know about y'all, but it is most certainly not in my nature to deny myself food when I'm hungry. If any of these things is in opposition to what I want to do, fasting is one of them. Fasting in order to remember the things of the Lord. And last of all, in verse 19, we're told, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there your, will your heart be also. And in verse 22, the light of the body is the eye. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? And one more verse, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24 says, No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now verses 19 through 21 are very, very simple and clear. We're told, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where things corrupt. What happens if you park a truck outside for years and years and years? It begins to rust. It begins to decay. The tires rot. It settles. Steel rusts. Even stainless steel begins to rust. Things corrupt and decay. But we're told to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven where things do not corrupt where they're never stolen, where they don't rust or decay, because that is where things will always last. So how do we do that? Well, verse 22 begins to clue us in on how we lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? This verse is telling us that we should have a singular focus on the things of the kingdom of God. In the same way that a husband may require fidelity from a wife, or a wife requires fidelity from a husband, the Lord Jesus Christ requires our fidelity to Him. Because I assure you this morning, because God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all, And He will always be that way. He will always be the Father of lights. There is no variableness nor shadow of turning in Him. God will always be faithful to us. He will always be faithful to us and He requires our faithfulness to Him. And so we are told, our eyes should be single. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. If our eyes are singly focused on the things of the kingdom of God, Scripture tells us that we are walking in light. But if our eye is evil, if we are torn between two opinions, if on the one hand we're trying to serve God, and on the other hand we're trying to serve mammon or money, if we're constantly trying to serve two masters and we'll pull between two opinions, oftentimes we find ourselves in darkness. What is darkness? Darkness is the absence of light. It is the absence of service to the Lord. If we're pulled into the ways of the world, if we're pulled into the service of money, if we're pulled into the service of our own self-interest, that oftentimes 
is not light and it quickly becomes darkness. So how do we how do we pursue light? We make sure that our focus is wholly fixed on the things of the kingdom of God. Verse 25 of Matthew chapter 6. Therefore, I say unto you, because of these things, because I ask for your focus to be singly fixed on the kingdom of God, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold, or, or think about the fowls of the air, they, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Christ is commanding the people and commanding us that we not worry about those things which so often distract us from our singular focus. Our focus that is filled with light, our focus that is fixed on the Father of lights and on heaven, which where things do not corrupt, where things do not decay, where things are not stolen. When we do this, we find light. But we are given a cautionary, there's a cautionary element to this chapter. We just read it in verse 23. But, or but remember, remember this. If thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? We're told that we can walk in the light. And because we're not singularly focused on the things of the kingdom of God, we can find ourselves walking in darkness. Now, we, give some, we receive some more details on this in 1 John chapter 1. We quoted part of verse, 1 John chapter 1 earlier when we said God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5. Again, this then is the message which we have heard of Him. And declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Now notice for briefly the pronouns that are being used. John is saying we. John was an apostle of Jesus Christ. This man walked with the light. We're told that the Word who was made flesh and came and dwelt among men, the Lord Jesus Christ, He walked with John. John was closer to the light than any of us have ever been. He walked with the true light, the Lord Jesus Christ. But He is saying, if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not the truth. John is saying, I am one of you. I have to constantly remember that even though I walked with the true light, it is possible for me to walk in darkness. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. This is a very elemental principle. If God is light and we are walking in darkness, there is no light there. You know, if I walk into a room that is dark, there is no light there. And John is saying, if through our lack of diligence in the kingdom of God and if through our pursuit of the things of the world we have forsaken God, we are walking in darkness because the light is not there. He says, but, but if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. Now, 
If we walk in the light, we, of course, can have fellowship with other people who are walking in the light. If someone is, walk, if someone is walking through a dark room with a candle, they are emanating light. We are told to let our light so shine. We are told to let our light shine, not as someone who takes a candle and hides it under a bushel, but as someone who walks through a dark room holding up a candle. They are proud of that light. And if we all hold up our lights, we are allowed to have fellowship with other children of God who walk about in what is sometimes a dark world, holding up and proclaiming the light and truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we are in darkness, we are not having fellowship with someone who's carrying light. If we say that we have no sin, verse 8, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now, this has been somewhat discouraging. I mean, I read this chapter several weeks ago and I thought this is a rather dark chapter. No pun intended. It's all about darkness and light and our propensity to forget about light and fall into darkness. But in verse nine, we're told if we confess our sins, here is the key to walking in the light as human beings who often have the propensity to walk in darkness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We cannot avoid our sinful propensity to oftentimes pursue our raiment, to pursue our food, to pursue maybe housing, to pursue all these things that oftentimes seem so necessary to life. And I say that many days, many moments even, I've realized that I'm walking in darkness. But the key is in verse 9. When we realize that we have been walking in darkness, we are to confess those sins. And because God is light, because He is faithful, and because He is always just, and because He never changes, He will forgive us those sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And John's vulnerable with us here this morning. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Because the Lord Jesus Christ himself has told us sometimes we will walk in darkness. But he has also told us and he has told us that we will sin. But then again, because of this, because he has provided us an answer to walking in light, confession of sin And when we do that, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness because God is light again. And in Him is no variableness nor shadow of turning. Thank you for your time this morning.